0: This is Nova Church, Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. We have been on a series at Nova called the I Am Series. Um, I'm jumping in on that this morning. Um, Our pastors, Pastor Mike and Pastor Nance, they're on vacation this week, a well-deserved vacation, so we're super stoked that they could get away, uh, have some time away. Um, So we celebrate that, and I'm so glad they could get some rest, right? They totally deserved it. So yeah, we're going to jump into the I Am series here. We're going to be looking at John 14, 6 this morning. Um, Man, I've been so excited. I've been like doing this huge study about Jesus. Uh, Sometimes we kind of choose to learn about Jesus through preachers uh, and podcasts, uh, and we forget to actually study who Jesus was. And so I've been going back and being like, Jesus, I want my heart to be super authentic when I talk about you. So I've been doing this huge study about who Jesus was and looking at him through the cultural lens of when he was on the planet. And it's been like totally changing my heart and shifting the way I see him. Um, But mostly it's been making me a big crybaby. Like, I keep reading about him and reading the way he treated people and how he stopped for people and how he even how he viewed women. Like, he, he literally did things so stinking differently. Um, and we have really morphed him to fit into our culture. We really have. Uh, but he will not be put into that culture. He wants to stand out, and his love is real and life-changing. Uh, here at NOVA, we believe that Jesus is real and he can change your life. Uh, and so this morning, we're going to be looking at John 14:6. 6. Uh, this is the I Am series, like I said. And uh, we're going to dive in here. Do you guys have your Bibles? Anybody? A couple of people? Phones? Phones are Bibles. If you have it, turn with me to John 14, verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. So this morning we're looking at I am the way, the truth, and the life, which if there's going to be a title, if you're taking notes this morning, I titled this The Narrow Way. Man, we all want to know the way, right? Like how many of us want to know where we're going when we're going somewhere? Anybody? That's why GPSs are amazing, right? If you're like myself, I am a dedicated directions person. Like I have this thing in me, I think it's like survival mode, where I want to know where I'm going and how to get there without my GPS. So Christian and I, we moved here a couple years ago, and uh, (laughs) as soon as we got here, I was like, I need to learn the layout of the land. I need to learn how to get to my friend's house. I need to learn how to get to apartment three, where my friends work. I need to learn how to know. I need to know where everything is. I need to know where Nova is. And so I began to learn all these things. And throughout time, I actually got pretty good at, like, finding my way around. I don't know the names of the streets, but I know how to get there. My husband, on the other hand, is awful at directions, you know what's really funny? He said to me this morning, he's like, so are you going to throw me under the bus this morning? <laughs> I'm like, why do you always say that? <laughs> anyway, um, so he's really bad at directions, okay? He's so bad at them. And he's really good at a lot of other things, but directions are not one of his like really good strong points. Um, he's so bad, in fact, that we have friends that, like, we literally go see them probably once a week. So you're talking, like, once a week for two years. And Christian does not know how to get home from their house <laughs> at all. Like, I always think of it like if there was a natural disaster or if something happened to the planet, like, you know, zombies <laughs> or an apocalypse or something like that, I feel confident that I would survive. Like, I feel like I would have my own emper- like, empire of people and I would survive. But my husband would probably choose death. He'd be like, I cannot live in this world. I cannot figure it out. And that's one of the things I love about him is that he's so bad at directions. But we have gotten really comfortable in our home using a GPS because it stops a lot of fights. Very comfortable with GPSs. I love them. Um, We used to actually tour a whole lot. Uh, My husband uh, is in a worship band. And we used to tour in this big tour bus. Uh, It had like six bunk beds in it. I used to travel with five guys, and I'm still alive. Um, But, yeah, I used to travel with five guys, and we used to literally be on the road for, like, three months at a time and come off again. And we would go on these tours, and one of the big things for us was using our GPS. Like, we had this really old GPS, because musicians don't make a lot of money. And so we had this really old GPS, and we called her Flow. And so we'd always say, okay, Flow, we're putting in the coordinates today. Please be good to us, because you never know what kind of mood she would be in. We would put in directions into this thing, and she would literally just scramble them to pieces and then throw it out there. And we would just go for it because nobody wanted to use their data because it was too expensive to check. Like, literally, we'd all be arguing, like, who's going to check on Flo? I'm not doing it. So we used, to, actually, we used to joke around and say, like, whenever Flo would take us the wrong place, that she was on her period. She, wasn't, she was being moody. <laughs> like, oh, she's just on her monthly. <laughs> she's just being moody. I'm sorry if that made anyone uncomfortable, but that's what we would say, Okay. Let's be real here this morning. And so we will literally joke about this, but this one day we were going through the prairies, and we really didn't know this area at all. Uh, even though the prairies are pretty flat, they can be confusing when flow is at the helm. And so we got into this little town, and we, as soon as we got there, I'm like, you know what? This is the kind of place where you find out the people living here eat human flesh. Like, you know what I mean? Not a whole lot of teeth uh, in people's mouths. <laughs> Um, Not a whole lot of like talking, just these weird people looking at you like they're angry with you, but they don't even know you. And so we walked into this subway because we were starving at the time. And we were like, oh, like we have to stop. We don't know where we're going and we're so hungry. So we pulled into this subway uh, and the lady working there was really unique, really different. And as soon as we walked in, she never said hello or anything to us. She was just standing there like this. Uh, and she also didn't have a whole lot of teeth, and there's a lot going on there. Like, she was just very different. Uh, and I'm like, okay, you know, may- maybe she'll be friendlier than everyone else has been to us. And so we go up to the cache, and-, and as she's standing there, she's the only one working there. And she has to serve five of us now. And as she's behind the counter, there's all these wasps, like, flying around her, right? And I'm like, there's something dead back there. I know it. And so they're flying around, and, and she's not really saying a whole lot to us, but she's angry, And these wasps are making the situation worse. And so she's serving us, and she's like yelling at us. Like one of us asked for roast chicken, and we got yelled at because there's no roast chicken. And we're kind of moving down the line like it's a soup Nazi from Seinfeld. Like, you know, like this, coming down the line. And it gets to the part where I finally get to ask for light mayonnaise and salt and pepper on my sub. And I'm like, okay, uh, yes, hi. Can I please have light mayo and salt and pepper? And she just looks at me, and she's like, you know, whatever. And she grabs the mayonnaise, and finally... Say this is the jar of mayonnaise. Finally, one of the annoying wasps that were flying around finally stopped next to my sub, and she took the mayo Like, I'm serious, like this. All over the place. Smashed the the poor little thing to death. His guts were everywhere. And then all the guys, like, literally could hear our gasp. We were like, (gasps) like, that's the mayo bottle. Like, and then she took it. And she put the mayo on my sub, like this. She put mayo all over my sub, guys. And I was so frightened to death, I walked over to the table and ate the sub. (laughs) Like, I was so terrified of this woman. I went over there, and I shut up, and I ate it. Because first of all, I wasn't sure if, like, the meat was human flesh or not. And then I thought, if it is, then the wasp really isn't that big of a deal. But we were all so afraid and so, so, like poor at that moment that we just went over and we just ate our subs, guts and all. So directions and knowing your way are really important because you don't know where you're going to end up without it, right? You could end up in a subway in the middle of nowhere eating wasp, and they didn't charge us extra. But when I've read that, you know, when I've been reading that passage about God being the way or Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life, If we go back into that beginning of that scripture for a second and bump ahead into 14.4, this is all titled here as Jesus comforts his disciples. And right away, Jesus is talking and he says, you know the place that I'm going. And right away, one of his disciples stops and is like, he literally says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And then Jesus goes on to say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Isn't it interesting that these guys have almost spent, been almost three years, they have been walking daily with Jesus and they still don't get it? Did anyone feel relieved to just hear that? (laughs) Like that made me feel relieved when I, I read that earlier this week. It's like they had been walking literally side by side with Jesus every day, eating with the man, watching what he did, watching how he interacted with people. Every single day watching him do miracles, talk about his resurrection, talk about the cross, all these different things, and they still didn't know him. Isn't that interesting? I'm thankful that it's not just me sometimes that gets confused. We live in a very, very confusing world, right? It's interesting that everyone seems to have their own agenda today. Everybody seems to know the way. Culture has its own agenda today, and they have their own direction do you guys know that? But we believe as Christians, we believe as Nova, we believe as a group that Jesus is the only way. Okay? We don't believe that there's an opportunity to do with Buddha. We don't believe there's an opportunity with Muhammad. We don't believe that new age is going to save your life. We believe in Jesus Christ and that he came and he died on a cross for our sins and our shame so that we could have everlasting life with him. That is what we truly believe but in today's world, let's be honest and real, it's confusing. I get confused all the time. I, uh, I actually get to teach. Um, I, I do some stuff with the Billy Graham, uh, Billy Graham uh, Organization, and um, I teach young people how to share their faith. And I've been starting this study on that also, so I can know what I'm kind of talking about. And one of the guys I, I do this course with, and he was telling me the other day, he was also studying it, and he's like, did you know that 47% of millennials think it's wrong to share their faith. 47% of millennials think it's wrong to share their faith. That says to me that our faith is more of an accessory to our life than anything else. So we, we treat it like an accessory, right? So let's say the scarf this morning is my faith. On a cool side note, did you guys know that followers of Jesus back in the day were known as followers of the way? It's a free one this morning. But we treat our faith like an accessory. So when our life is going good, we put on our faith. We put on on Jesus because today he fits in my career. Today he fits in my family because we're not too busy. Today he fits in my marriage because me and my wife aren't arguing. Today he fits in my greatest ambitions because you know what? I can sing about Jesus today, so he fits today. And so we start to wear Jesus and the way that he's called us to live like an accessory. And when our days get bad, we just take it off and we put it back on the shelf. When we read about the way and the word, it was never meant to be an accessory. When I hear that 47% of young adults think that they should not be sharing their faith, that means the 47 and I'm a millennial, so I'm not, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm picking on myself because I do this every stinking day. I do. It's a struggle. But I put it on whenever it's convenient, and whenever it's not, I take it off well, you know what, God, I feel like I really want to buy a house, so I'm going to do whatever it takes to buy my house, and I'm not going to care about my attitude or the people around me or what you're calling me to do because everyone else is buying a house, so I need to buy a house. Well, everybody else around me works 80 hours a week. I don't need to spend time with you in the morning, God. I don't need to know your direction for my life. I don't need to spend time with my family. I'm giving them money. I'm good. How many of us do this all the time? all the time. And it's become so normal to us in our culture that we don't even understand what Jesus means when he says he's the way. Because Jesus is the way and the destination. He's the way and he's how to get there. But if we don't live one-on-one with him, if we don't have him directly in our hearts and asking ourselves every single day, how we're interacting with him, we miss it. And we treat him like a scarf that we put on and take off whenever the weather calls for it. I don't want a Christianity. Do you want to know why we're struggling today this morning, guys? Do you want to know why life is hard sometimes? Because life is not always good. Okay? My life is a living testimony of not being good a lot of the time. And then God has restored a whole bunch of stuff. Thank you, Jesus. But the reason why our lives can be so difficult sometimes is because we apply faith to our lives instead of living faith. We say that Jesus is the way, but we have our own way. And we just ask him to come into it every now and again. You guys want to see real life change? It starts by looking at what Jesus said in this moment. This life is about his life and living the way he did. That scares me. That scares me, guys. You know why it scares me? Because it means that my agenda doesn't weigh as much as God's agenda. That's a big deal. Like, this is heavy. When I was reading the scripture earlier, I go from like, gosh, I'm getting antsy. You know when you're reading something you feel convicted? I'm like, God, am I, am I living my life asking myself, am I living like Jesus? Because Jesus said to them, hey, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. When you read about Jesus and who he was... My favorite thing, three things about Jesus is that he was compassionate, he was justice embodied, and he always spoke truth. He was very specific on how to treat people and how to love people. He was very specific and living with purpose and living every single day intentionally. He stopped for anybody and everybody and he gave them hope in a new life. I had a bad attitude when I got to church this morning. Am I, like, I literally did, and I asked God, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm about to, t- to preach about living like Jesus, and I have a bad attitude, and I corrected myself on it. But how many times do we just walk through our weeks and our days and our jobs, and we have this like, downtrodden attitude because we're trying to figure out what we're doing, but we forget that no matter what we're doing, if we live like Jesus, it does something. Yes. It's substance to change the earth. God called us to love him and to love our neighbors. He called us to restore the earth. Do you feel like we're restoring it? I want to feel like I've bled for people. I want to feel like at the end of my life that I gave it my all for people. I don't get on a stage because I like the tone of my own voice. I get on stage because I remember. Actually, I remember one particular girl that came up to me after I spoke one year. It was my second year at this conference and she came up to me after the conference and she said, she was waiting for me for like an hour and she came up to me and said, last year I was going to commit suicide, but I came to one of your sessions and I heard your story. And I decided that there was something worth living for. I seen life in it. And every single day that I don't feel like pursuing the way, every single time I feel tired or I want my own agenda or I want the easy way or I want more money, I stop and I think about the person that I know Jesus has impacted through being obedient to his way in my life. Not because of a paycheck, but because of a person. And so this morning, I want to encourage you guys. This is not a, it doesn't need to be a convicting, I'm a horrible person moment. It's like this instant realization that the way is a way. It means you get up and you go a certain way. To live like Jesus means that we reflect Jesus in everything that we do. That we believe that living like Jesus can change people's lives. And I see it in every single one of you guys. You got something on you. This church has something on it. We need to go out and give it to people. The truth. I'm going to go through each one of these and try to understand them a little bit greater. The, the way, the truth, and the life. So the truth this morning. If we look at Proverbs 12.2, a person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. Do you know that believing a lie is easier and safer than achieving our purpose? Whoa, right? It's really hard to know the truth in this culture, though. We keep on going back to that. Because I talk to people all the time that are really confused with that. Do you guys believe, like, when you think about this culture and all the different things it believes right now, all the lies that it portrays in itself, even on social media, everybody is a different person than when you actually meet them in person. Like, be careful of your filters, (laughs) right? It's an actual thing today. But one of the things I was noticing lately, and I've been really thinking through, is like, what lies did I believe for my life that have changed? Or one better, do you guys remember the first lie that you believed and then found out later it was truth? Do you guys remember the first lie that you believed and you found out later there was truth behind it, I should say? Sorry. Or maybe for you, maybe we can go back a little bit further and actually go right back to the beginning of when we began lies in our life and kind of think of like, I was thinking the other day, (laughs) I'm kind of dancing around this so I realize there's more kids in the room than I wanted to. But you know how like old Saint Nick, for lack of a better term, (laughs) not going all the way to who he really was, but you know when you found out old Saint Nick was different than you thought he was? I danced around that moment a lot because I've seen a couple of kids and I'm like, am I going to be their moment? And then I changed it. Right? Anyway, so old Saint Nick, and you found out he wasn't who he was because, anyway, we get it. Or the Easter Bunny or the Tooth Fairy. Maybe for you, you found out that chocolate had calories and it was devastating. Right? It's like, what? This thing, this is not good for me. It has sugar? Like, maybe that was for you. For Christian, his mom had a lot of, like, special ideas of how to scare people and give them lies to kind of, like, keep them safe. So, like, you know, one of them was if you swam in lakes, eels would wrap around your legs and drown you if you went in there without a parent helping. And so this kept him safe for many years. If anyone wants to know why Christian doesn't swim. So, right, it kept him safe for many years. Or, like, kidnappers. We have a code because of Christian's mom also, and it's KN right, KNs are coming, kidnappers are coming, which they never really were, but we had, like, we had these little lies, and so growing up, it wasn't hard for us to hear lies to try to keep us safe, but the problem with believing lies is sometimes we just accept them as truth because it's easier. Can you guys relate to that? That we hear something spoken over our lives, or we think it ourselves, and then we claim it as our truth because it's easier than wrestling through it to get to the truth, And so we live from this really small place, this insecure place, and we wonder why we're stuck. What lies are you guys believing today? What lies did you walk into this morning thinking over your life? When I was praying for you guys this week, I was praying for God to show us truth this morning. I was praying over what we might be feeling ourselves. And here's some of the things that God put on my heart that people might be feeling this morning. That people might be thinking that they're not good enough. That people might be thinking that God is mad at you. That you're not a good enough mom. You're not a good enough parent, a good enough dad. That you'll always be captive by the thing that haunts you. That, you're, that you have no purpose. That you'll never make it. That you're unforgivable. But I'm here to declare this morning, because all we have is the word and what he's done in our lives. And that's what we stand on. And I'm here to declare this morning that God knows you. That you are good enough. Do you know that God spent time on you? I don't know if you came into Nova this morning and you don't know who Jesus is and this is all new, but do you know that the creator of the world spent time on you? That he sees you, that he knows you, that he knows your purpose and your value, that he is so stinking in love with you, that he's okay when you fail, but he's not going to keep you there, that he has destiny written on your life, that you are stronger than you'll ever know, and that you will be free from the thing that haunts you. The very thing that you see in your life as a flaw God is going to use for his favor. Whatever you walked in this morning carrying in front of you as your lie, God doesn't see it and he doesn't believe it. I love the show Seinfeld. And there's this part in Seinfeld, I'm a big Seinfeld fan, okay, a huge But there's this part in Seinfeld where the two two main characters, Jerry and George, they're having this, like, a little bit of a disagreement, and and Jerry's trying to get George to teach him how to lie. And he says, like, he's asking him all these questions, and at the very end of it, George is like, now, Jerry, remember this. It's not a lie if you believe it. It's not a lie if you believe it. And so many times we come in and we hear the word and we hear how God sees us and we hear a speaker speak life over us and speak the word of God over us, but we still choose to believe our lives because they've morphed into truth. They've morphed into our truth. But the truth this morning is how God sees us, how he knows us, and what he speaks over our life. It's authority in knowing who you are. You are not like your father. Someone needed to hear that this morning. You are not forgotten. You have authority on your life. You are gifted. You will not have that drug addiction forever. That you will change the world with Jesus. Do you guys believe that this morning for your lives? Because it's a choice. It's always a choice to believe it and to claim it. Even in my own life, guys, I've had so many times I've dealt with a ton of rejection in my life, like heaps of it. And there was one point in my life where I had grown a whole lot and something happened, and I felt like I was back at square one. And I felt like God step up and go, Excuse me, you've outgrown that. Don't force that over your neck. You've outgrown that lie. Why are you believing it? Why are you reflecting on it? Why are you claiming it? We need to know our truth. So what's our truth this morning? You know what our truth is? We believe that Jesus is the only way. That he came to earth as a baby and he grew up as a man. That he had 12 disciples and a bunch of women who aren't mentioned. And he lived on earth perfectly. And he went to the cross like a lamb to the slaughter so that we could have freedom from our sin and our shame. He died on a cross For people back then, he died on a cross for people today, and he'll die on that cross a million more times for people tomorrow. He rose again three days later. He is everlasting hope and compassion. That he sees you and he loves you, and he will not leave you where you are today. I can promise you that. I can bet my life on that. That he will never leave you where you are. Did you know that truth is a stone that you throw at your giants? Truth is the stone that you throw at your giants. Your Bible is what God already said. Your testimony is what God has already done in your life. Those are your two truths. When things come your way, hardship comes your way, bad things, maybe you didn't get the job you thought you were going to get, Maybe you're having family issues. Maybe somebody hurt you and all these things raise their ugly heads in your life. Your truth of who you know God is, what he already said, and what he's done for you, that truth is the stone that you throw at it. When you walk into a situation and you don't get the job that you've been praying for forever, you just pick up your stone and it's like, God provided for me my whole life. I know that he's going to provide for me. When something hurtful comes up in your life, somebody hurts you that you love, that's okay, I know I'm going to get through it because God has a plan and he loves to work in forgiveness. Your truth and the truth of who Jesus is in your life is one of the most vital foundations you can possibly have for your life. The next one we're going to talk about is the life. So Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If we turn to uh, Matthew 7 for a second, I think the verse is behind us, too. But it says, Enter through the narrow gates, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few will find it. Small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life. Christianity can be really difficult sometimes. It's a narrow road because it has requirements on us to choose life. In John Eight, we read a story um, of a woman caught in adultery and uh, lido. matt lido, he he did this a few weeks ago. I believe he touched on this story. And I've heard this story mentioned over and over the last little while, but I wanted to highlight something to you guys that's really been like blowing my mind lately. When we look at the story of the woman caught in adultery, for those of you who don't know, I'm not going to read all of it, but a woman was brought to the feet of Jesus and she had just been caught in adultery with a man and the the men leaders over the town, they grabbed her and they brought her down the road and they threw her before Jesus and they said, okay, the law requires us to stone this woman. Like she deserves to die and she knows it. So what do you do, Jesus? And so Jesus says, those of you without the first stone, uh, or sorry, those of you without the first sin, throw the first stone. And nobody could throw it at her. And and Jesus says, you know what, lady? Get up and live a life worth living. No truth. Go from here and change your life. But there's this moment in the story that stood out to me that really changed everything for me. And it was the realization that this woman knew, she knew, that she was going to get stoned for her sins. Like She knew the consequence of her sins were death. And she still did it. How many of us in the room today, we still choose things that bring us death? Every day. We know the consequence of what we do, but we still choose it every single day. That's the thing, guys. The consequence of death or the consequences of our sins will never change our behavior. Ever. But you know what does? A life with Jesus. A life with Jesus can change everything for us. Everything for us. Jesus offers us abundant life. He offers us a new way of living. But not only that, he, just, he doesn't tell us to bring any of the baggage with us. It's a fresh and a new start. Did you guys know that prisoners that get released, you guys can put a pat on or something. Prisoners that are released, of them, when they're released from prison, will end up back in prison. 73% of people who are released from prison choose to do something that lands them back in captivity. Like, that's such a, a big reflector for me on my own life and what I choose to continuously go back to. The consequence of our sin will not change our behavior The consequence of losing your family over pornography will not change your addiction to pornography. But you know what can? A life with Jesus. A fresh start with Jesus. Grace, where your shame is no longer there, where you're given something new. I didn't fight to have a great marriage today because I was afraid of having a bad one. I have a great marriage today because I seen what it looked like to have a good one, and I said, I'm setting my eyes on that. I'm setting my eyes on that. There's this moment in the story of David and Goliath before when David, for those of you who don't know, I don't want to pretend that everyone in here knows Jesus because then I shouldn't even be up here. So if we're going to talk about David and Goliath for a second. David was a young man who loved Jesus, loved playing music, and he was a shepherd. And he went to a field where his brothers were in an army and they were facing another army. And when David went out there to bring his brother sandwiches, there was this giant there and he was blaspheming. He was saying all these horrible things about God. And David got there and there's this huge moment guys where he, you know David goes and he fights the Goliath and he wins and it's this amazing battle, go read it. But the point I wanna highlight this morning that I think can actually change some lives here today is the moment when David came out into the battlefield and he stood and he heard what the giant was saying and he stopped and he looked at everyone and he said, What will be done for the one that kills the giant? How will the life of the person change that kills the giant? How will his life change? You want to know why that moment is so huge, guys? Because he sees a giant, but he's also able to see, hey, there's hope. There's life. There's something that's going to change my whole life on the other side of this giant, and I'm going to take it out because I know a God that's always showed up in my life. I know that he's been constant in who I am and I know he's here today and I know he's gonna fight with me and I know that on the other side of any battle, Jesus is there and he's offering me life. That he fights on my behalf. This costly love that Jesus has offered us, guys, this costly, meaty goodness takes grit we say that word a lot here at nova but the reason why it takes something is because the narrow way is hard to follow because it means dying to our selfish ambition and putting jesus first in our life it means learning truth and claiming truth even when it isn't easy even when it's really hard But it's knowing that on the other side, every time you choose to align yourself with Jesus, that there's life on the other side, and it's worth living for. It's worth giving everything for, that there's freedom on the other side with Jesus. And is it ever good news? I've been cheap, I've been a cheapskate so many times in my life, guys, like so many times. I ate a sub with wasp on it. Okay, I've been cheap so many times, but this costly love that Jesus offers you, you don't want to be cheap with it. There's people in this room tonight that are, or today, it's always so dark in here, I feel like it's night. But there's people in the room today that you're literally saying, you know what, I want, I've been a Christian for all my life, but I still struggle with this. Nicole, you don't understand. I love my family, I love this, but I still struggle with it every time I wake up. There is hope for you today. There is hope for the vulnerability in your heart. There is hope on your life no matter what you've done, no matter what you are going to do, there is hope for your life. God is so good at breaking addictions in this room. He's so good at breaking addictions in our lives. He's so good at breaking depression and anxiety and lifting you up. You don't need to stay where you are, you're on a journey with Jesus. And even though it's hard, you can make the choices you need to make to get you there. I wanna pray for you guys this morning. I wanna pray for strength in this room. Because I believe that I'm surrounded by courageous and kind people. I believe in the calling on your life. I believe that Jesus is fighting for you, you just need to be still. But do you believe it? Can we replace lies this morning with truth? Amen? Can we take a moment right now, I want us to worship together, why don't you guys stand up with me? I want us to have a moment this morning where we worship together and we're gonna stand up and we're gonna be like, you know what, God? If there's a lie that I'm believing in my life, I want you to address it and I wanna know the truth that you have for my life because I want to go out there and change the world, but I can't do it if I'm acting like a thief. I want to act like a king and a queen. So show me who I truly am. Teach me to be brave. Show me your way for my life. Why don't we bow our heads this morning before we go into this song? Jesus, I just pray for every heart in this room, God. I, you know, you know us. You see us. You believe in us. You're the best cheerleader and coach we've ever had. So Lord, I just pray in this moment that you would make us brave. That we would know, truly declare and know that you have our whole heart. And I just declare, Jesus, right now the chains will fall off in your name. The captive will be set free. That we will choose life as a church. That we will choose life as a person. That we will go out there and impact our schools, our friends, our family, the person walking down the street. Because we claim truth in this room. And we declare it over our city. We declare it over our relationships. I thank you, God, that new and better and gifted marriages will rise up in this room. That they won't be held back by where they've been. But they'll rise up and be what God has called them to be. I thank you, Lord, for who you are, Jesus. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Help us be brave, God. Thank you, Jesus.